This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Up next, we have an interview with Bruce Smith, Pro Football Hall of Fame defensive end who made his name with the Buffalo Bills. Playing in college was 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 quite an experience. Playing at uh, uh, Virginia Tech, uh, being a, a kid growing up in Norfolk, Virginia, and and uh, never really having um, been on a plane before and and didn't know the world was so vast and 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 uh, worthy of of being explored and and. Um, Having new experiences and, and things of that nature because I lived in, in a small town. Um, so my first experiences uh, of doing a lot of things was, was uh, uh, going to Virginia Tech first first time riding on a plane, which I was scared to death, and um, uh, just the whole college experience of, of getting an education and being a student athlete and um, playing. Uh, um, uh, football at a at a level that I'd never experienced before, and and just making uh, a lot of my dreams come true. Being an all-state high school player, I, I assume a lot of schools were after you. How did you decide upon Virginia Tech? Well, there are a number of different factors that that made me decide to to uh, attend Virginia Tech. Um, uh, I wanted to stay in the state of Virginia. Uh, I wanted to be a part of, of something special, uh, which was, uh, in my opinion, uh, Virginia Tech. And um, um, those were important factors for me, um, particularly uh, since my father was ill. Uh, I wanted to be able to, uh, to get home at a uh, relatively quick pace if, if something uh, happened to my father. What other colleges were recruiting besides Virginia Tech? Oh, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, you name it, they were, they were recruiting me and, but, uh, it, it was, once again, I, I'd never, um, uh, been, I would say, um, uh, a great distance away from the, uh, the state of Virginia and the city of Norfolk, uh, before and, and I was a little gun shy about, uh, leaving the area, uh, but, but mainly, uh, the, the, the three reasons that I mentioned earlier, uh, I wanted to say in the state of Virginia, uh, I wanted to be a part of something special, and um, uh, I wanted to be uh, close to my fa- father, who was ill at the time. What was your experience uh, at Virginia Tech like? Uh, it was it was remarkable. Uh, once again, um, uh, I was a part of, of, of something special. Uh, at that point in time, we were in the independent league and um, um, didn't get a great deal of respect but it was it was exceptional football to me it was it was big time college football um, the atmosphere the, the 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 environment the surroundings um, uh, the excitement of, of, of football and and some of the best athletes in in the country uh, quite frankly uh, and and to be a kid that uh, grew up and, and played sports in, in Norfolk, Virginia, at Booker T. Washington High School to, 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 to attend a major university and become uh, the number one pick in the 1985 draft after leading the nation in sacks uh, two years in a row in 83 and, and 84. Uh, that, that speaks volumes. And um, uh, so I accomplished 
the goals that, that I set out to accomplish, and that was to be a part of something special. And you got that Outland Trophy your senior year, which is unheard of for a small college like Virginia Tech. Yeah, it, it was it was uh, certainly icing on the cake and, and being consensus All-American and, and uh, every All-American team that, that existed. And, um, it, it, it was certainly... Uh, it was certainly special uh, winning the the Outland Trophy. Uh, however, when I when I did, I'll tell you guys a, a little funny story that no, not too many people know about. Uh, when uh, when I went out to, I believe it was to Seattle and, and received the Outland Trophy, uh, they had lost it. They could not find the Outland Trophy, and years later they had to make a, a replica and, and get it to me. But uh, it was the darndest thing I ever heard in my life. Uh, you know, I was at an award ceremony, and and uh, prior to that, uh, they had told me that they didn't have the the actual uh, trophy. And uh, uh, I, you know, being a 18, 17, 18 year old kid, I'm sorry, at that time I was 20. Uh, I didn't understand how in the, the hell could you lose the Outland Trophy, but uh, now that uh, now that some years has passed, the the uh, Virginia Tech has the, the replica of the Outland Trophy sitting in their trophy room. Is it just one trophy that goes gets passed down, or is it your own trophy? They get you get to keep it. it. It's it's if to my to my knowledge, it's one trophy that gets passed down, uh, and and that's a good point. I I should have gotten a, some type of replica, or I should have gotten the original, or or, or something. But I I do know that there is uh, there is a trophy which is uh, um, uh, the Outland Trophy uh, at Virginia Tech in the in the trophy room. You know what it is? All those Nebraska guys kept winning it. They didn't want to give it up. Yeah, right. Right yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you know in advance that the Bills were going to take you with the number one overall pick? Yeah, I, I knew about two or three months before the draft. Um, they were pretty adamant about um, making me the number one player pick. Uh, it was it was between myself and Ray Childress. Um, who eventually went to the Houston Oilers at the time. And um, um, I think about two months prior to the draft, uh, they told my agent and, and set me down as well and, and said they were going to make me the, the, the number one pick in the NFL draft in 1985. So it was a foregone conclusion. And um, uh, the rest uh, on draft day was just a formality of my walking out on stage and, and and being announced as the the first player picked, so it, it was it was certainly something that was was worked out. Uh, although the contract wasn't worked out, it was worked out well ahead of time. Was the USFL after you, or were they pretty much done at that time? Yeah, the the USFL tried to get me to come out my junior year. It was the Philadelphia Stars, I believe, that had my rights, um, um, and. Um, uh, it, it just wasn't enticing enough to me. I wanted to stay in school and, and continue my education, and um, and and also uh, finish out my my senior year, which uh, which was uh, very enjoyable. Uh, my, my teammates, the the coaches, Coach Bill Dooley, and um, it was just an exceptional time for me. When Buffalo informed you that they were going to take you, did you say to yourself, Buffalo? <laughs> well, I, you know, actually, no, I, I, 
I was j- just happy to have an opportunity to play. Things were happening so quick, and I didn't understand the, the, the process of, of, you know, leaving college and, and, and being drafted and, and all the expectations and uh, um, the, the, the pressure that, that's placed on uh, someone uh, in, that, in that position. Um, I, I was just happy to have the opportunity uh, to do something that I, I love to do. Uh, I didn't realize the, the, the work ethic and the commitment that it would take uh, until my first year uh, of, of playing in the National Football League. I think the fir- my first year we had Kay Stevenson as a head coach, and we had six weeks of training camp. And um, it only got worse after that. And I, I just didn't... Uh, understand the, the uh, I never worked um, um, that hard and and that long before in a training camp period and uh, and then after that Hank Buller came in and, and took over uh, for Kay Stevenson and and um, uh, it, it was just a, a eye-opening experience for me and uh, it, it helped to build character it, it helped to, to to make me the person that that uh, I am today and in, in, in appreciation for that opportunity and, and, and appreciation for the, the hard work and the lessons that were learned and the lessons that were taught. And um, I truly believe it, it, it's helped to put me in a position that I'm in today. Then you got a new coach in Marv Levy. They had to be like a culture shock for you saying, I got this intellectual from Harvard coming here. What does he know about football? <laughs> well, um, uh, when Marv arrived, um, it was it, it was like a breath of fresh air. Um, he wanted us to to act like men, and he would treat us like men. Um, very soft spoken. Very rarely did he raise his voice. Uh, I probably can count on one hand that um, that he, he used a few choice words uh, to get his point across. Uh, but he he was a consummate professional, uh, the, the perfect gentleman. And um, uh, it, it was such a not only a, a, a I, I always tell people that, that Marv taught us how to be successful on the football field, but more importantly, he taught us how to be successful in the game of life. And those are the things that that uh, stick with you throughout your your lifetime. Uh, your career is relatively short. Uh, but life itself and, and paying attention to details and, and the values and, and um, not being late for meetings and, and uh, uh, you know, putting in an honest day's work and making sure you're prepared um, for any challenge or you're prepared for any test, whether it be on Sunday or, or whether it be going to work uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, it, it was just an incredible uh, experience and, and learning lessons um, uh, that were taught by by Marv Levy and, and quite frankly the the whole coaching staff because we all learned a, a great deal from Marv Levy. When you first came into the league, did any players on the Bills welcome you and sort of tutor you, or, or was it a process of mostly just getting on the field and having to do it yourself and figuring it all out? No, no. There, there were a number of guys. Uh, uh, one gentleman that that uh, um, that sticks out like a sore thumb was Ben Williams. Uh, um, he was very encouraging. He, he took me under his wings. He, one of the first things that that I remember that was told to me was, 
uh, about offensive linemen. If they can't grab you, they can't hold you. And I took that literally to heart, and I started working on things. I started to emulate the way he would use his hands to, to keep offensive linemen from, from holding him. Um, and I think those are one of the things that, that, that made me successful. And uh, um, not only um, um, uh, uh, there was there was also uh, Lucius Sanford uh, and and uh, Daryl Talley and a, and a host of other guys. So uh, it, it was the older guys taking a, a younger guy under under their wings that. They saw that it had great potential, uh, but it, it was a process for me, and, and uh, that process had to unfold in itself, and um, I had to be committed. I had to, to work it diligently and extremely hard at it, and, um, um, and having that nucleus of, of guys, uh, coaches, my teammates, and, and Rusty Jones with the nutritional aspect and the conditioning aspect, and just my desire uh, to be the best. Uh, when when you put all those pieces together, uh, that's when you create something special. How hard was it to get sacks in the three four versus the four three? Oh man, well, <laughs> um, there there is a constant double and occasional triple team on uh, pretty much every play. There 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 teams can scheme against a three four defense or a three four dominant defensive uh, linemen uh, a lot easier than they can uh, in a a uh, 4-3 defensive system. Um, you know, I, I, I still look back at, at, at my career and playing in that system versus a 3-4, and, and I've even had conversations with the, the great late Deacon Jones, and he would often say, Bruce, I don't, I don't know how you were able to do it, uh, that 3-4 system. Uh, defensive system, uh, defensive front. Um, you know, guys aren't known for getting a lot of sacks in a 3-4 defensive line. Um, they're known for getting a lot of tackles, but uh, it, it's rare, or, or uh, I would say um, uh, it never happens that uh, there's a rare combination of a, of a defensive end that is able to... to to get a lot of sacks and a lot of tackles for a long time in their career playing in a 3-4 defensive system. Uh, you just get beat up because there's devil teams uh, coming from all different angles, and it, it just creates a lot of wear and tear. Speaking of adjustments, what's it like for a kid from Norfolk having to spend some uh, quality time in, in the winter in Buffalo? <laughs> well, it was a it was an eye opening experience for me. I remember my first mini camp in May, um, and uh, it was roughly May fifteenth uh, around that time. And I was walking out to the first mini camp practice, and you know, Buff uh, the the stadium is in the middle of the snow belt uh, right off of Lake Erie, and I noticed the clouds in a in in the distance, and within about fifteen minutes, it it started raining, then it started hailing, and then it snowed, and then the sun came out uh, about 20 minutes later, and I thought to myself, what in the hell have I gotten myself into? Uh, but that was the lake effect snow being in, in that particular region, and um, to be quite honest with you, I, I uh, became quite fond of it. 
uh, after a short period of time because I, I enjoyed playing in the cold weather. I enjoyed playing uh, in the elements, and, and we used it to our advantage. Um, and, and it became a, a, a mental state of mind over matter. And uh, when we used to get the, the teams from down south or we get the teams from out west that used to come and play uh, uh, against the Buffalo Bills, uh, we knew we had that to our advantage. Is there a game that stood out as your favorite uh, game or play? Well, I, I think um, there are a number of games that, that, that actually uh, stood out, but I have to, to tell you probably my, my favorite game that we played in was uh, probably against the Houston Oilers. Uh, it, it's just a memorable experience to be able to view that game till this very day and, and to see the resilience and, and the the overcoming obstacles and and just a a group of guys that that just would not quit and and uh, being I think we were losing 35 to three at halftime and when we went into the locker room I remember Daryl Talley stood up and uh, said to the guys Yeah they 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 think they're hot shit right now but we got them right where we want them and. Uh, <laughs> Had been after after uh, after halftime was over, we went back out and I, I believe um, the Houston Oilers only scored three points, one field goal, and um, the remainder of the points were scored by us, and we ended up winning that game, forty-one to thirty-eight. At what point could you tell that the Bills were turning from a bad team to a Super Bowl contending team? Well, I, I think I think the, the first sign of that was in 1986 when we uh, were able to acquire Jim Kelly. Uh, I think the ownership and the front office um, had made a committed effort to make a run. Uh, they had uh, in '85 drafted Andre Reid and myself, um, and they already had Daryl Talley. And um, um, so we had uh, a few bright stars. We, we needed to get a few more, and, and they were committed to doing that. Uh, in 86, they went and got Jim Kelly. Um, in 87, they went and um, um, traded for Cornelius Bennett. And uh, I believe in 87, 88, we went and got Thurman Thomas. Uh, and that was pretty much the nucleus of, of 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 the team in which uh, they could build around, uh, and then we were off to the races. Uh, I think we were we all thrived, and we we all wanted to uh, be a part of something special, uh, give the, the Bills fans something to cheer about and be proud about, and 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 make this an enjoyable experience for uh, Western New Yorkers, and and uh, that was our mindset. You mentioned Marv Levy only lost his temper a couple times or started swearing. What did he say when Thurman Thomas couldn't find his helmet in that Super Bowl? Um, well, that 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 was never addressed. I, I, and quite quite frankly, he just uh, I think some, another player um, uh, picked it up and put it at the end of the bench or something. But that that's uh, that's something we never really talked about too much. What was it like playing in your first Super Bowl? Uh, it was an incredible experience. Um, uh, at, uh, and I believe we were at the height of one of the, the wars. Um, 
we it was a heavy military presence. Um, I think Whitney Houston actually sung the national anthem. Um, it, it was just an incredible atmosphere and, and one in which uh, uh, we thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, wish we would have came out on on top. Uh, wish we we could have made the field goal, but. Um, I, I tell you, it was uh, it, it was an incredible experience. What I don't get is the NFL Network had the top 100 players of all time. They put Reggie White in the top 10, had you at like 58. It makes no sense. Well, I, yeah, I think they had me at 30, 38 or, or something like that. But, yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree with you. Um, but uh, I... I don't know who the, the, the critics are or, or the ones that, that actually um, uh, vote in that particular, um, uh, for that particular top 100 or, or what have you. But my body of work speaks for itself. Uh, what I meant to the team, uh, the contributions that I've made, um, being the all-time sack leader uh, against, uh, against the odds of, of the double and, and uh, occasional triple teams, I guarantee you that uh, that no one uh, on that defensive line was double teamed more than I was uh, under that system. Uh, so you can go to the four three system or, or whatever type of system it is. Um, and I've even had conversations with with Reggie when he was alive, and and he he's even said himself, uh, he said Bruce, if you would have played in a four three system. You would have never gotten touched uh, because he thought that highly of my athletic ability uh, and the way that that I was able to run. We were two totally different players. Uh, Reggie was uh, 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 just a, a man child. He was a a powerful giant uh, that had brute force. Uh, I was more on the line of the athletic side. I could run. I used finesse. I had some power, but not as much as, as Reggie. Reggie was, I think, 295, 300, 300 pounds. Uh, but I was more of a, of a player that, that used my quickness and my speed and, and agility. So we, we were two totally different players. But um, I have a great deal of respect for, for Reggie. But, uh, again, uh, there's not a more dominant pass rusher, or in my opinion, defensive lineman or defensive end that's, that's, uh, that's ever played the game. Deacon Jones told us he was the greatest ever. You mentioned him before. Would he secede that you overtook him, or in Deacon it was just Deacon? Oh, no, no. Deacon, uh, actually Deacon had a a, um, a had an event out in uh, California uh, to actually recognize me as being the NFL all-time sack leader. Uh, Deacon and I were very good friends, and uh, I, would, I was in a slump one time, and I called him up. I hadn't had a sack in about five or six games, and I called him up, and and he would give me advice and, and talk to me and, and uh, try and encourage me and, and things of that nature. So I had a, I had a great relationship with, with Deacon, the great uh, late Deacon Jones. Um, uh, but, but certainly he... Um, uh, he didn't have to, to concede. Uh, it, this this man, I respect him um, on and off the field, and, and uh, uh, but he did uh, uh, acknowledge that he knew that I was the all-time sack leader. Yes. Of, of the Super Bowl losses that uh, you guys played with the Bills, is there one 
favorite? Well, it, it's always the first one. And, uh, um, you know, the fact that we didn't, we, only, we lost by one point, uh, that game could have gone either way. But, um, you know, the first one's always the, uh, the sweetest, uh, so to speak, and, and, and typically in defeat and, 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 um, uh, whether you win or you lose. But, uh, um, it, it was, once again, we, you know, we had, uh, had the ball in our court and, and just missed a field goal, but uh, you know we we win as a team and we lose as a team. So, when you went in the Hall of Fame, how did you feel? Uh, I was on cloud nine, um, knowing that 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 you know, it wasn't necessarily uh, just about me. It was about all the other people that played an intricate part and me reaching the pinnacle in in my career. Uh, it was about my mother and father, my sister and brother, uh, my high school football and, and basketball coach, Cal Davidson and, and Zeke Avery, and, and all the other individuals that that saw more in me than I saw in myself and, and encouraged me and guided me and, and taught me. And, uh, and just it was just an incredible experience and an opportunity for me to say thanks Thanks to those individuals that uh, that believed in me and, and kept giving me the opportunities to succeed, and, and Virginia Tech and uh, Booker T. Washington High School, um, uh, it was it was an opportunity uh, to pay homage to them for what they've done for me. What was it like to be inducted into the Bills Wall of Fame? Well, that that was exceptional as well um, uh, to be uh, among the the greats in in, in Bills history. Um, you know, you've, you've got Thurman Thomas on it. You, you've got Mr. Wilson on it. You've got Marv Levy on it. You've got, um, uh, Jim Kelly and, and Bill Polian and, uh, Andre Reed. It, it's, you know, the, the list just goes on and I'm just happy to, to have my name etched in stone in, uh, in Ralph Wilson Stadium. And now you're a very successful businessman with uh, builder and hotels. Yeah, well, we've uh, we've uh, I've I've done pretty well um, um, making that transition of life after football. But it began in in 1995 when I knew that my career was going to end one day. So I, I started preparing for that, and and. Uh, um, it's worked out pretty well, and uh, I, I have no complaint. Up next, we will have Dallas Cowboys offensive guard Larry Allen. But first, this brief break, you're listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. <laughs> 